to the City Dance Company podcast. My name is Daniel Roberts and I'm here today to talk to you about a little show called Untamed, the upcoming season by Sydney Dance Company premiering at the Roslyn Packer Theatre Walsh Bay on the 18th of October. This whole podcast thing is something we're very excited to bring to you and something that I'm excited about is I don't have to do it all alone. For this episode, I'm joined by a guest host. This lovely young lady has a few years under her belt now with Sydney Dance Company and as well as being an extraordinary dancer. She's also a very funny, intuitive and friendly gal. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Holly Doyle. Oh. Hi, Dan. Hey, mate. <laughs> Thanks for having me here. Oh, thank you for coming. Thanks for taking your time out of your busy schedule to no, be no here. No worries. Um, now Holly and I have the privilege of getting to know one of our guest choreographers a little, a little better. In 2014, she was invited to choreograph for Sydney Dance Company's New Breed program. Her work she created for that season, Wildebeest, received critical acclaim with critic Deborah Jones saying, Wildebeest is an ambitious 25-minute work for 13 dancers and there is much more one could say about it. I hope to have that opportunity on a main stage SDC program in the near future. Well, she got her wish and the lady behind the magic is here with us now. It's none other than Gabrielle Nankerville. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Gab, thanks for joining us today. No probs. Um, so Gab's... It, it's great to have you here. Uh, maybe you could start us off by talking us through what you've been up to the last few weeks. The last few weeks I have been very, very busy. Um, we have been working together with the people who were in Wild Beast last time and a bunch of new performers as well that have, some have joined the company since 2014 and some of them were here before I was here last time and they've come back. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we've been just trying to basically get everybody on the same page uh, with where I left off last time and then start going through the whole thing with a fine tooth comb and start weaving in a lot more detail and yeah. getting to all the little bits and pieces that I was sort of, yeah, champing at the bit to do last time but didn't quite get enough time. So That's yeah. something that I was going to ask you about actually um, because... You know, when you do choreograph, you see things straight away that you want to fix, but you don't always have that time, or not fix, but you want to change and develop. Um, are these things that you things that are, that you're changing now? Are these things that you saw back in two thousand fourteen, or is it only have you only started thinking about it again this year? Uh, I think, well, really, actually, I probably only just started thinking about it since I've been in the studio. Mm -hmm. I'm fairly. Um, how best to describe it I, I really love working with exactly what's in front of me so be that people or be that the material and as I watch things I, I, I sort of see exactly what's happening but then it's like there's a whole another layer in front of it where you can imagine where it could go to and and all these extra things that could kind of happen and it's quite it's quite a instinctual intuitive way of way of working I'm not really a planner yeah. I wouldn't say had you left it for the, since you did it, New Breed, and then you got asked, well, to do this season, the main stage season? Yeah. Had you really left it for that, that time and only came back to it when, when the opportunity came, or had you looked at it in between? No, really not. Um, I, as, as soon as I finished last time, mm. I you know went straight on to the next thing and then the next thing and then the next yeah. thing. And yeah. Uh, you know the million and one other projects that were kind of in between so I did know quite a while ago that um, 
that wildebeest was going to make a comeback. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I didn't, I didn't really sort of, yeah, I, I actually didn't even like look at the video or get out the notes until a couple of weeks ago because I also sort of wanted to, wanted to go in with not too many preconceived ideas about how I would mess with things yeah, as well. Right. Um, particularly because there was going to be a lot of new people. Mm. I wanted to take, take the opportunity to go in with really fresh eyes and meet those people and also see like what you know the collaboration between the whole new crew would be because dynamics yeah the dynamics are all different and and I really like it to be a collaboration between between the people not just me coming in and going great this is exactly how it's going to be it's a little bit more fluid than that so Mm. uh yeah so I really left it I I left it on the (laughs) (laughs) yeah so Gab talking about Wildebeest um it's a very strong powerful title uh, yeah. To me, that it um, sort of exudes strength. Mm. Um, what What are some of the ideas behind the work? Mm. Okay. Uh, well, I guess I, you know, I, I come from a background as being a performer, and a lot of the uh, prior to really making a lot of my own work, a lot of the sort of companies and artists that I worked with come from this this lineage of really, you know, powerful dancing and really grounded earthy kind of dancing and stuff that sort of uh I guess is really theatrical in a sort of you know dark and dramatic and you know yeah uh tumultuous kind of way so um in a way I was informed by that experience but also I think there's something in my nature that means that I was cut out for doing that kind of thing so that's maybe why I got those kind of jobs in the first place so I think there's something in me that's really interested in the, you know, the power of humans and of our, of our physicality and how somehow that's a very natural thing and it's really connected to the, um, the natural world, which is a world for me of weather and storm and instinct and, uh, yeah, the relationship, I guess, between animal and human and how it's you know we watch animals and sometimes they seem more human than animal and we watch animals and sometimes the 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 humans seem more yeah more animal than anything else so it's something which i'm really i'm really connected to in a kind of gut gut sort of way and an instinctual way but then it's also something i'm attracted to from a um I guess a more more conceptual point of view in looking at the way humans sit in the world and yeah. how we interact and uh, that sort of individual versus pack mentality. Individual versus pack mentality and how everything big is built from lots of tiny components and then how sometimes in a big thing, if one tiny little component changes, the whole thing changes or the whole thing can break or the whole thing can evolve and become something else and. You, yeah, you see it in cities and you see it in forests and you see it in the sea and it's, uh, uh, yeah, I'm fairly holistic in the way that I look at things. And, you know, I also like drama. I really, yeah, yeah I, I like I like drama. I like cinema. I like epicness. So it's epic. It's it, this, yeah. is, this is definitely, it's definitely yeah. an exercise in epicness. Yeah, it's big. <laughs> uh, I think it's, it's epic and uh, it's entertaining, which is also mm. um, something that I find very interesting when choreographers you don't necessarily set out to make something entertaining no. but are okay with yeah. with with producing that as well totally okay with with entertaining i mean i you know as a as a performer and a practitioner myself one of the things i'm always talking about is is 
keeping keeping engaged which for me is is keeping entertained like finding things interesting finding things that I can really like you know dive into so it's there's an element of of being connected to things and engaged with things is is related to being entertained and I think it's the same with an audience it doesn't mean it has to be you know spectacle because that can sometimes alienate an audience but um, if you're if you're aiming to to create a dialogue between the audience and the performers, yeah. that the uh, yeah that this this engagement is a is a form of keeping each other entertained. I like, think it's really relatable. Like for for an audience member, like my sister doesn't watch much dance. She came mm. to see it the New Breed season, mm. and it was like she just found it so accessible for her her partner mm. who doesn't watch dance at all either. Mm. But like because it is that cinematic it's mm. entertaining she just mm. found it was an extremely mm. relatable work and she could see what was going on she's like for the first time i got what you were dancing about i'm like about 20 years but she... the other 22 years yes. yeah. in the bin and you just watch this for the rest of your life entertaining I guess yeah and I guess that's the interesting thing too like I you know I I work somehow from a really conceptual kind of premise and and nothing is ever is ever just about stringing a bunch of moves together it always comes from a lot a lot deeper ideology or something so um but at the same time I I don't see any reason why you know entertaining has to cancel out conceptual or or vice versa so yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm always curious about like things that the duality of things that seem to sit in a way that's perhaps a little challenging or a little difficult, and how you how you play with that, how you break through that. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. Um, something that's also sort of conceptual in the work is the the marriage between the music and the. Mm. choreography and uh i've already spoken to luke the composer um he only had good things to say just fyi oh great yeah um, i don't know, how, you know okay. how, how well you guys know each other so. um but um uh how did you manage that how did you manage that collaboration with him and how often have you guys worked together i mean besides your personal relationship but yeah. how often have you guys worked together and how honest do you have to be with your composer to make sure that you get what you want but also that he gets his point across as well yeah, we're we're pretty brutal with each other. In in we're very we're very honest. There's not much mincing of words. Also, because we're often on a time frame that doesn't allow for like being too careful. Um, we're also not very precious people, so we just kind of go, you know, bam, this is what I reckon, or this is what we're trying to do, and and then you wrestle it out together to to find to find a workable middle ground. And I think that's also that's the way that I always think about about collaboration and with sound and and movement it's it's sort of like I don't really I don't really ever separate them like all of the elements in the work same with how I imagine the whole thing should look and feel I'm always thinking about it in its fully formed version how it sounds how it how it looks how it feels how it moves it um the way my imagination works is kind of quite rounded in that way so when I'm working with Luke we're kind of already on the same page uh, with that because that's sort of the way that he works as well like we're very there's some some definite parallels in how we approach um, the marriage of of movement and uh, yeah and sound um, Holly maybe you could um jump mm, in here to, yeah. and uh, talk about how so when the when the sorry when you're creating the work for new breed um, 
Luke was in the studio with you guys yeah. creating the soundtrack along yeah. to match the movement. Before that, you had a you're working to a, a click, click track. track, yeah. Um, oh, so maybe you right. could explain right. um, what what that is. So once you've been working with a click track for a while, and then all of a sudden this soundtrack came along, how did that change or influence you guys yeah, as dancers? Definitely. Well, I was just talking to Gab the other day actually about it. I said to her how we were working with this this like metronome click track for. You know, I might have been like a week and a half, a week or something. Basically, uh, if I could explain to listeners, this is what you hear. For a week. Yeah, and, and we, had, we had all this extremely intricate movement and that we had created from these gestural phrases, which we then extended to travelling phrases. And then there's this one section called cogs. And for me, this was the biggest change when the music was implemented. It was like... Um, yeah, so we're doing it to this click track and we've got our counts and, you know, we know what we're doing, it's all making sense. But then when the music comes on, we all were just like, holy crap, this is, this is awesome. Like, it all came together. It became that cinematic experience, something that could be entertaining, something that really it just unified the work, I think. Like, in, mm. It, it, it brought that sense of power. It really did. Mm. Like, yeah, the, the machine that we were creating... Mm-hmm. And and all the intricate movement that we were doing was picked up in by Luke yeah. and Gab and as they collaborated and yeah it just came to life and literally every step I did I had some sort of sound for that I had no idea was going to be there until it happened and yeah, it was because you also cool. do that um, duet towards the end of the work yeah uh, no, I shouldn't give the whole work away it doesn't really matter um, <laughs> do that joke, uh, duet towards the end of the work yeah. where you do get sort of. Yeah. thrown around the room yeah. and you throw your male partner around the yeah. room as well um, and you have some very satisfying oh. uh, musical moments to go along with that which must be quite nice yeah well it's funny we're, we're redoing that we're re, we remounted it and well when we initially did it so um, my male partner and I we created this this duet and Luke filmed it and then came back with this soundtrack and it was it was kind of like empowering actually to just be dancing and the music was like working to you. We had our own rhythm, and the music was like almost the dance. It was like the reverse role. Instead of putting the music on and dancing to the music, we were dancing, and the music was put on to us. So it was kind of mm. I don't know. It was empowering in a way, and everything just really worked. Mm. And yeah, it's nice. It's it's nice not to always have to chase it, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we are chasing a bit now. Yeah. So now <laughs> I don't know how we ever made it so fast. But yeah. Well, I think that's also that that's a little bit the way Luke and I work is that it is a very um, backwards and forwards kind of process mm. where, you know, I build, he builds to us, yeah. I negotiate, he negotiates, we shift things. It's it's sort of this very, um, yeah, really kind of interwoven sort of, mm. sort of process. And so now that we're actually rebuilding it and that we're adding in more detail and we're also like shifting the timings of things a little bit then that's also what Luke's busy with is embellishing the detail in the sound and then shifting the timings more to us so um to give an example there's one there's one scene of the work where uh originally the dancers worked to uh to a track that that Luke built Mm. um and it was always quite you know quite difficult to for them to find the timing and that's because it actually we'd done it that way simply because that was the what the time pressure required was the only way to get it done yeah whereas this time what we're actually doing is we're rehearsing the dancers in the scene so that they find their natural natural pacing and natural timing of the movement and the rhythm comes from them and then the sound is being adjusted and built to them so that it sits in a really 
you know ergonomic kind of Mm. way uh, in a sense so and you know and Luke and I can do that very very quickly because we've worked together for um, you know on and off for 10 years we've made probably I don't know 12 shows together or something like that so we um, it's almost like we almost don't need to talk about things anymore because you just go yeah you know and he'll have already thought of it or he'll be like oh yeah you know and I'm like yeah yeah I I totally know like it's yeah that's nice yeah the the we've got a kind of code that exists between us which just makes working a lot faster which in instances like this is very uh, very excellent yeah yeah Uh, now Gab you mentioned at the top of our chat um, you've been doing this job and that job and this job and that job. Mm. Um, would you class yourself as a freelance artist? I I would have to class myself as a freelance artist. And what does that What does that mean? Uh, it means that I I shape shift. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of different roles, and um, I try and do this crazy juggling act to pull it all together. And sometimes it works. And sometimes it really fails. I think that's what being a freelancer is. Right. Um, in my case, it means sometimes I'm making a work that's been commissioned by a company. Sometimes I'm working as a producer and an administrator to write all the applications to get funding, yeah. um, to do an independent project, to liaise with all the you know the venues and the artists that are involved in it and put it together. So pretty much being like the office upstairs plus me in the studio at the same time mm-hmm. um and then i also i'm also a performer sometimes i perform in my own work sometimes i'm dancing in other other artists works or sometimes i'm working with a theater company or on a film doing movement direction um so much it's it's yes. a lot of things that i also try, i also it's try and great. teach in amongst yeah. that because i really i really love teaching and mm. engaging with people of different um you know at different moments in their evolution of experience yeah so it, it all feeds each other but it's a massive juggling act and it gets really exhausting and sometimes i just you know bomb out and have to like lie on the couch for a couple of days and go whoa yeah. and then then you know then you can and then you rejuvenate and yeah and yeah it's really it's it's like a it's another kind of beast it has its own rhythm and mm-hmm. yeah you kind of sometimes you're sometimes you're controlling it and yeah. other times you're totally at the mercy of it so. yeah right how interesting yeah um uh something else uh, that i found interesting reading about you is your you do have a bachelor of dance and also a bachelor in, of arts uh in writing yeah masters a ma- in, so, i'm sorry yeah. i had that masters of arts in writing. yeah i sort of they're, they're kind of quite quite separate and there was many many years in between them and uh do you find that one influences the other now in in terms of the actual like the the going to uni bit and the experience of both of those things uh no relationship at all totally separate Um, well that must be nice yeah yeah for me kind of studying again also because it was over a long like doing my master's was this excruciatingly extended process over about five years of of fitting it in around things of doing like you know a full-time dancing gig and doing a full-time uni load and then going actually I've got too much touring and I'm gonna to have to take a whole year off uni and mm-hmm. like horrible trying to patch it together but the, pl- the upside of it was that uh, going back to study particularly in something that was much more um, much more academically guided it's you know it's postgrad it's writing it's a different department it you know engaging much more with critical thinking and and theories and uh yeah just just a more sort of um academic take on looking at something artistic 
that was really great for opening up new pathways in my yeah. brain and that and it really it definitely filtered into my um creative practice and just the way that yeah the way that I think about things and the areas I was reading in and it definitely it definitely was a huge huge effect but in terms of two separate uni stints totally unrelated what about um with Wildebeest Mm. you came in with a poem that you had written yourself is that right I might start we might have started we started with a poem that you had written and then that was what, what we created our um gestural phrase off i think what, what i oh yeah and then, I, then we yeah. also did some like writing tasks exactly where you guys yeah wrote and that some was something completely new for me yeah like, i was a bit out of my comfort zone but yeah we did i think we did it for like three days and by the third day i sort of felt a bit more comfortable with it yeah and then we had the sharing process with it but mm. it's like you just gave us a little piece of your yeah, I think it's that, I think nice. it's something where like for me um you know dancing dancing and writing movement and language it's all the same it's all the same thing I really think about them as being yeah inter interrelated so whenever I'm working in the studio and creating performance mm. um I'm always writing and I'm always moving and it sort of just depends on how the piece itself unfolds as to what actually ends up on stage so some of the some of the shows I make actually have a lot of a lot of dialogue in them or a lot of text um some have none yeah uh yeah it's always but they're always kind of hand in hand in the creative process they're always and I think working with other people it's nice because it's you know we all think in different ways and we all express ourselves in different ways and it's just a nice way to kind of um yeah connect with people and get to know them a little bit Mm. so you know we talk yeah. We dance together. We also write stories and share these crazy little bits of our subconscious. And yeah. That's a, it's a really nice way in terms of entering into collaboration to fast track kind of just, I don't know, getting a bit of a vibe about, about people. Get things started. Yeah. Get things started. But it also did. for them, but also for you guys to get to know me a little bit. Oh, yeah. So that I'm not just the person that's kind of out the front. Stop being a stranger. That's the yeah. first thing I thought. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's a writer. Like, mm. she also, she knows she's done this amazing thing as well as being an incredible mover. I'm like, yeah, insight insight is important. Oh, isn't it, it was really important. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Um, something else we touched on at the very beginning of the show uh, was that this was has gone from new breed to main stage. Yeah. Um, it was a success. The piece was a success. I think that's that's sort of nice to say, it's easy to say. No, it was people liked it. They enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a great response. Yeah. It was, um, it was which must cool. have felt great. Uh, do you take anything, any of that with you going into this or is this a totally different thing? Do you feel any kind of pressure second time around? Ah, uh, wow. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say pressure because there's no time to feel pressure. Mm. Um, you just got to get on with it. And... It's it's also it's still really like very much the piece that it was. It's just it's just like we we dig a little deeper with it, yeah. and it's um, yeah. So it's a bit more in it's a bit more in people's bodies. It's a bit more embellished. It's a bit more kind of uh, yeah. All all of the parts of it have maybe a little bit more fabric that connects them. Um, yeah. I, I would say that it's it's just it's really nice to come back to. It's like putting on a jacket that you really like and going, Great, now I'm gonna kind of, you know, turn it into a cape. <laughs> awesome. 
Uh, I should say that uh, we are sitting here in the workshop um, office at City Dance Company, and City Dance Company is the loudest building in Sydney. Um, so if you can hear uh, a stampede next door, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's what you're hearing. You'll always hear a jazz class somewhere on this podcast. <laughs> I'm yet to escape it. Um, so we're at the point of the show now where we do the the top five questions. Very creative name. I thought I tried to think of. Um, what I could do in each episode, and I thought, why don't I ask like five questions? And so I've just called them the top five questions. No, so, this is awesome because yeah. it's like um, high fidelity. Oh yeah, it's totally like high fidelity. I love that film, yeah. and I love the, the, <laughs> the top five, like top five, top five, top five. So it's, it's great. What's your top five? Pretty? All right, Holly's got number one. All right, what was the first album you owned? Oh, first album I owned. Um, okay, I my first purchase was a single of Colette's Ring My Ring My Ring Your Bell. Ring uh, My Bell. Yeah, that, yeah, that one. That one. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Ring no. my bell. <laughs> and with that I received a free EP of like a five track cassette of New Kids on the Block before they were famous. Oh memorabilia. Yeah. Still got it? Um probably it's in so, a box somewhere yeah, on nice. my parents' farm. Don't ever get rid of that. Don't ever get rid of that. <laughs> yeah. Question number two. Question number two. Is that you? You go for it. I'll go for it. Is social media evil, Steve? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I I would normally say, oh, God, social media, yeah, it's totally evil, except for I can see the place for it, and I think it's it's got some really nice aspects. Mm. Unfortunately, I'm from the generation that are, we, I think we're called digital immigrants. I, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't grow up with computers. That was something that came later. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I still very much, I feel quite like an outsider with social media. I appreciate some of the ones that are really image-based. That can be really interesting. Um, but I also, there's something about privacy that I really think is very mysterious and good to hang on to and it's nice when you only get little snippets of somebody's mm. life and not every single thing. It scares you every now and then, you're like, it's yeah. too much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Number three. Number three. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would that be? Wow. Okay. Uh, ooh. That's just so hard. Just like real quick, just like one. <sighs> I... Maybe... <sighs> It would be really nice to be really large, to be really tall oh, and kind that's of so Amazonian. Funny. And that's exactly what Luke says. <laughs> it's we're both, we're both <laughs> we're quite small, short people. So, yeah, I think being like See being a world. huge beast would be that. Would, that would be fun to try on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, grass is greener, kind of <laughs> complex. Yeah. Yeah. A bit, it must be nice to look down on people every now and then, I think. To look down on people? <laughs> I think also to be able to like see over Superior. the wall. Yeah. You know, see see what's going wall, on. See what's going on. You're in a crowd, you can see what's going on. Yeah, yeah that, that is handy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sure it's not. There's something, yeah, there's something too about, I imagine, you know, imagine if my leg was like twice the twice, twice the size and twice yeah. the length, what that would feel like to be able to How just go, heavy. Yeah. 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 It'd be, yeah, it'd be, yeah, the power of being bigger, I think would be interesting from a physical perspective like just going for a run in the park yeah that would be very different just to experience that yeah like super athlete maybe i could be a super athlete that'd be cool yeah number four number four what was the last tv series you watched all the way through all the way through all the way so as in all series or have you watched a season of a whole season of a show or i've watched i've watched lots of things Mm. um the the last one that I probably did every single season was Breaking Bad, I think. Oh, I've mm-hmm. heard that's good. Breaking Bad is amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. I also watched the whole entire season of 
uh, season one of True Detective. Oh, yep. okay. Oh, unreal. It's, sensational, yeah, isn't it? sensational. Yeah, sensational. I'll add that to the list. Um, should we go number five? Let's yeah. do it. Have you ever flown first class? First class. Yeah. Short answer, no, but I did get an amazing upgrade to business flying back from London one time. Oh, how lovely. And were you travelling alone? (laughs) No, it was with Luke. Oh, and was he out back? No, we both got got upgraded. We actually thought that we were maybe, like, occasionally, because I've lived in lots of countries and I've got Mm. lots of complicated, you know, visas and things in my passport, occasionally I get called up because they'll have something in the computer where they've just got to check something so it's not unusual for me to get my name called out at an airport okay uh and so we both got our names called out when we were waiting to board and we just walked up and the lady went can i please have your your boarding passes and i went oh great it's okay it's not about the passport this is good handed them over and then she just sort of slid these other two across the table and went i think you'll enjoy these more Oh God! It must, it must just change everything. It must change a lot. It, it changes everything. It changes. I'd be a different person. Yeah. Yeah. Get off that flight. Yeah. Well, I've always also been like, you know, super about my principles and being like, yeah, even if I suddenly like my pay grade went, you know, through the roof, yeah. I would still fly economy because really, seriously, it's just it's Other fine. We can all be in this together. Yeah. It's just to get from A to B. But somehow after you've done it on a long haul, you go, ooh. Economy ooh. discomfort. Oh. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah, this is... I mean, we know from getting off uh, flights together, long haul flights after yeah. touring, and we are just emotional wrecks. Yeah. Uh, not, not to say that uh, we don't love flying with whoever's flying us. We always love, <laughs> yeah. we always love being a part <laughs> of that. Right, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but It's a different but space. The, the, but to, to yeah. lie flat would just be heaven. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Horizontal, yeah. please. Especially for, da- for dancing bodies too. It's, it's yeah. yeah. Yeah, the being the being sitting for yeah like thirteen hours is yeah. really, really absolutely. <laughs> well, Gab, um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here talking to us yeah. today. Thank you, Holly, for coming along as can well. I, can I ask one thing that I have? Oh yes, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, this is a little thing that this is surprise. Surprise. She did bring something to the table. Well, Let me ha- how about that? I brought one question. Yeah. Um, okay. It is: Do you really dye your hair with beetroot? <laughs> oh, have you ever? Uh, yeah, I do. Yes, do. and in fact, people that have toured with me, some of my old comrades from Australian <laughs> dance theatre, many of them have have ended up with the the stains on the hands from it. From um, touching your head. Yeah, I, wow. I, yeah, I, I used to always get somebody else to do it, and it used to also was kind of I relegated it to being the job of the boyfriend. The ah. boyfriend, if they were really nice, they would dye my hair for me. Yeah. Um, Luke has has just hands down gone no i'm not doing it i'm not going anywhere near that uh so i've now i've now learned to entirely do it myself but yeah it's a it's a really stinky disgusting muddy mix of beetroot and henna that you that you just mix you just like mash up the beetroot or whatever and then you or process you, it um you you either you can use there's there's many different ways yeah to talk do us it. through it's the beetroot <laughs> it depends on what you have available to you in whatever yeah. given country you are and what facilities you have yeah. you can you can boil beetroots and just use the juice yeah you can um put them through like a you know like a juicer so it's a more got more beetroot in it you can uh use the tetra pack just beetroot juice yeah. like you drink. <laughs> do you do like um, an apple bobbing technique into it? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. You paint it on like regular hair dye. Yeah. I, I know. I'm just imagining you like getting a Tupperware container <laughs> of beetroot out of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
actually, there was one time where I was using tinned beetroot because that's all that was available. So I had yeah. to drain oh, the vinegar yeah. juice out of the out of the sliced beetroot. Oh, yeah. yeah. One of the guys I was I was dancing with on tour at the time. He then he ate like three cans of <gasps> beetroot because he didn't want to waste it. So oh. he actually ate the, the the beetroot slices, and I used all the vinegar juice for my hair. Wow. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, so, yeah. You always learn something you don't expect to. I did. I, it was a myth. It. I thought it was a myth, and I'm it's like, actually, I had yeah. to ask it's, it's actually truth. Yeah, it's yeah. So good. Yeah. I like that it's an ever myth. That's kind of yeah. Funny. We're like, we're yeah. No, it's good. It's good. Well, if you um, if you want to see what the uh, the beetroot head lady has to offer, <laughs> we, uh, make sure you check out City Dance Company at Rosal Packer Theatre, Walsh Bay, starting on the 18th of October. Her work is World of Beast, and it's an excellent, excellent work. Gab, thanks for being here. Holly, thanks for coming thanks, along. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. And um, we'll speak to you guys soon. Ooh. Bye. Well, that's it for this episode. You can find Sydney Dance Company on Facebook, also on Twitter and Instagram, at Sydney Dance Co. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you go to iTunes and search Sydney Dance Company, then click subscribe. Also, feel free to rate and review the podcast. This helps us gain popularity on iTunes and exposes us to more listeners. A big thank you to you, the listeners, for your ongoing support of Sydney Dance Company. I'm looking forward to bringing you the next episode of Sydney Dance Company's Untamed series. I'm Daniel Roberts, and hey, thanks for listening. Sydney Dance Company is Australia's leading contemporary dance company. For more information regarding performances, adult dance classes and dance education, head to www.sydneydancecompany.com.